Welcome to another episode of Conversations Beyond the Pew. And I'm your host slash loves to talk, Reverend Kara Hildebrandt. And today I'm talking a little bit about this idea of never enough. And where this even comes from is the sermon that I gave on Sunday. And in that sermon, Um, I was talking about the apostles and how they were in a popularity contest. And sometimes when you see people go into a popularity contest, it's because deep down, they don't feel like they are enough. But my guess is that all of us, all of us have at different times felt like we weren't enough. Like we get that gnawing sense, like, what am I worth? What's the purpose? What, what is any of this? And so I thought, hmm, let's talk about that today. Let's see where that goes. And one of my favorite musicals, which some musicals are good, and then there are others that are amazing, and this one is amazing, The Greatest Showman. They have that song in there about never enough, and it's that real tension between dreams and goals, but then deep down inside, as a human being, do we feel like we're enough as a human being? And I think it's really important to separate out that we all should have dreams and goals, right? It keeps us moving. It keeps us thinking. It keeps us fresh. It keeps us engaged with the world around us within our life to have goals and dreams that we work towards, that that can be a really positive impact on our lives and that we've got to set those things if we're wanting to move into a life that is more and more enriched. But there's also on this other side, there's this sense that as a human, that that we just aren't enough just as being a human and that if anybody knew who we really were, they probably wouldn't like us. Or that imposter syndrome that kind of comes up where it's like, well, I know that I I made it to this level, but if anybody really knew me, they wouldn't think that I belong here because I don't feel like I'm enough. That whatever gifts and talents I have in this world, that that is not enough, not good enough. And so as we explore this, I want us to to think about how it's not just what we think about, and we're not alone in it, but it's also kind of what our society keeps putting out towards us, right? Like, oh, if we had the next big thing, right, material possession or something, if I could just get the next new piece of clothing, if I could just get the next new whatever it is, piece of equipment, TV, electronics, whatever it may be, that then I'll be fulfilled. Well, that's hitting on this never enough. Like there's this sense that whatever I do is never enough. There's no sense of contentment and there's no sense of necessarily gratitude for what is in one's life. And so this really begins to move us towards not only understanding contentment and how gratitude plays into that, but also thinking through of how do we determine our value? 
how do we determine the value that each of us has? Like, is it based upon what you do? Like, like for work? Is it based upon what you do for others? Is your value what's in your bank account or what car you drive? What is your value based upon? Is it based upon how many people need you? And that's where I really want us to take a step back and think about how God kind of plays a part in this. Because if we go with that we are created in the image of God, that we are loved by God, that God cares for us, that there's something bigger than us out there that cares what happens to us, then how does that play into the value? How does that play into how we understand the value of our lives? Because often in our society, we are bombarded with that the fact is that my value is how much I get paid for my job and how much is in my bank account. And often, even when you reach certain levels of that, when you think, I will be content when I hit, it doesn't actually happen. Because there has to be something deeper about the way we value ourselves. There has to be something connected to something larger than who we are and what we do. And so I want us to think about this, that God values us because we are created. Nothing more than we live and we breathe, and so we are valued by God. And we see this when we come up on passages of Scripture talking about that we are created, that humanity is created in the image of God, that there's, there's something connected with the divine about us whether it's in love or in the way that we show mercy, that there is this connection that keeps drawing us in. And then we also get this the scripture in the New Testament about your body is the temple of God. Like, here's where God hangs out. Like, why do you mistreat yourself? Why do you not respect yourself? Why, why do you damage yourself when you are loved. And for many of us, that's a really hard thing to not only hear, but to actually believe, right? It sounds great on the surface that God values us, that we are loved, that we are shown mercy, that no matter our faults, that God is going to continue to love us and and hold us up and, and try to guide us into a life that is enriched and in full of wisdom. But it's really hard to actually live it. It's one thing to say it, but to live it, that that makes things so, so much harder. And you may be wondering, like, okay, well then, well then what do I do? What's the magic pill? Well, I'm not necessarily offering a magic pill, but I am wanting us to question that of our value. Where do we place it? Who gets to determine who or how we are valued, right? Like some people are just 
mean in this world, and they'll tell others that they are absolutely worthless. And that's where God keeps saying, nope, nope, you are valued. No matter what other people think of you, you are valued. Now, what are you going to do with it? And so who do we allow to determine our value or whether or not we feel like we are enough? What are the voices that we need to set aside? So first of all, it's really taking into account of who do we allow to determine how we feel about being enough? Who do we get let be that voice in our head that says, eh, today your value is zero or wow, your, your life is so much more like, like I can't live in a world without your life because it's so good. It's so valuable. So who do we allow to determine that? I also think when we're struggling with this, this thinking, am I enough? Am I not enough? That it's not always great that we just have this conversation with ourselves, that we need to be having this conversation with those that we're closest to, that we need to be having an honest conversation about this, because we might find out something interesting. We might find out that things we don't think of or things that we don't see in ourselves are actually really important. And so it's helpful to have another set of voices that kind of helps us think through this. And so one of the things that I challenge you to do is to find somebody to have this conversation with about feeling whether or not you are enough and why. Why do you kind of feel that way? Also, to put reminders, to put reminders around like, you are enough because God loves you. You are enough because you are created in the image of God. You are enough because your value is in the fact that you live and breathe. Another thing that it's important to understand is sometimes this sense of not feeling enough, actually, it won't ever fully go away. But that when it comes up in us, when we're not feeling valued, when we're not feeling like we are enough, that we begin to question it, begin to kind of say, now, wait a minute, where is this coming from? Why is this happening? And begin to try to keep it in perspective that there are going to be these moments where we feel that way in life, but they don't get to dictate the rest of our lives. Because here's the thing, when we feel valued, when we feel like we are enough, we can begin to accomplish our goals and dreams in completely different ways. Because we have that confidence that we are worth something, that our life is worth something, that that we are connected to someone else. And so we have to keep that perspective. And so we have to remember that this is a practice, practicing saying that, yes, we are enough and my life does matter, that there is value in who I am just because I live and breathe. So now what am I going to do with it? And I get it. That is really hard to do. Yet, I think for any of us who've ever struggled with it, 
We have to try something new. We have to try something different other than filling our lives with things that really just leave us more and more empty. If I just get this promotion, then... If I just get the recognition I deserve, then if I can just, just get that brand new whatever, if I can just make, then I'll be valued. Actually, possibly not. That even once you reach a certain level, that you still won't be able to find that contentment because of how you are conducting and placing the value on your life, how you are understanding your own self-worth. And for those of us who are engaged in this conversation of God, at least we can begin there. At least we can say, well, God values my life. God loves me, even though I may have screwed up, forgotten to do something, did something, wish I hadn't, done something, God still loves me. God still shows mercy because that's all the biblical text is about. The biblical text is this great hope that no matter how many times the people screw up, God still says, I love you. And here's a new way of living because God wants us to live an enriched life, a life that not only sees the love for ourselves, but also challenges us to begin to love others, to love our neighbors, to love people who don't look like us, to love people that we disagree with, to love people when we don't even understand them, to love people who act out and do things that we wish they wouldn't. It's all connected. And when we feel worthy when we feel like we are enough, it's easier to step back and not to pass judgment on someone else because we understand where they're coming from because we've been in that place as well. And so when we think about being enough, when we think about our worth, this isn't just about ourselves. This ends up being about only when we understand it, can we give it to someone else? Can we help someone else? Can we begin to make space for someone else? Can we walk alongside someone else who struggles with this? And we all get to struggle with it together, that we are not isolated from one another, that we can do this together. And so it's my hope that as we begin to struggle with it, as we begin to see how we're connected, as we begin to have this conversation with people most dear to us, that we will become more and more connected to one another. Because this sense of being disconnected partially is from, it's kind of a weird thing. We want to be connected But we end up being disconnected when we don't engage in the thoughtful conversations, in the things that really are about who we are and who we are with one another. Like we've got to start having those conversations with each other. Because if we keep it surface level or we keep it to a meme on social media, then we're never going to get anywhere with feeling 
more and more connected. We're going to continue to feel disconnected from each other. And so that's really my challenge. Our challenge to all of us is understanding that when we begin to engage in trying to see that we are enough, that we are worthy, that we are valued because of God, that then we can impact and draw closer connections across the board. We can begin to connect with people that maybe we didn't think even possible. And maybe we even begin to connect with the people we're closest to on a completely new level. It's interesting, there was a study done last year by an insurance company, and that, that study was looking at who really is the loneliest. What generation is absolutely the loneliest? And it even states that the premise had been that the, it was expected that it would be the older folks, um, would be older people, especially when things begin to happen like they can't. Um, they can't engage as much, or um, they have to leave their homes. But what was found was that the loneliest group of people was 18 to 22-year-olds. And we think about that age group as being the most connected, right? Always on social media, always on the internet, always text messaging someone. But when you're unable to have deep conversations, when you're unable to look at each other and have these conversations, we begin to separate. We begin to disconnect. We begin to not understand our worth, our value of whether or not we're enough because it's all surface level. It's all based on something that isn't even real. So when we're thinking through that, when we're thinking about what are the 18 to 22-year-olds we know in our own lives, what are the people, who are the people that we know that, man, maybe we just need to have a conversation. Maybe we need to try, to try to have one of these deep conversations. Will it go well the first time out? No, maybe not. But we still have to keep trying. Who do we need to be having this conversation with? Who do we also need to be saying that they are valuable, of giving that positive reinforcement to someone else? That say, you know what, I am so glad you are in this world because oh, I'm so glad that we had this interaction because. But that's only going to happen if we talk to each other, if we talk face to face. If we, if we talk hearing each other's voices. So, as you go through this week, I hope that you are able to have this conversation. That you are able to explore those feelings of never enough, of value. And that you're able to share it with someone else. Because you never know when the conversation that you will have can change a life. Have a great week.